Giants 23, Washington 20. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by John Boyd Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. Victory, baby! It's another victory podcast. I don't care that if it's against Washington. A win is a win. I see some people calling this an ugly win. I, I kind of disagree with that. I feel like it was, you know, they came back, but I feel like it wasn't like an ugly win. It just wasn't a blowout. And we're the New York Giants. We're not going to blow teams out. Uh, at least, At least not this year. Anyways, Justin, how, I mean, how you feeling? I, I feel like I'm not like overly hyped, but I'm also like I I don't really feel bad about any part of this game. No, no. I think the first win of the year sometimes you feel grimy if it didn't get done in the smoothest of ways, but then the second win of the year, nine weeks in, the second win of the year though, you're like, oh, we won, and it's like, okay, let's let's move forward. Largely, where my brain is is I'm excited. I'm excited to play next week. You know, sometimes when the Giants play a football game on Sunday, it's like, oh, I really don't want Sunday to come, but I like the Giants. But no, it's like, no, I'm at a point where we are playing a team that is in first place in the NFC East next week, and the Giants are less than three games back. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. You know, uh, like I was saying that how it's not an ugly win. I feel like an ugly win is where it's like there's something that was really negative that we got to talk about, you know? Like the last Washington games, like this offense was really bad, and we got saved late in the game by that take without a touchdown. I don't have anything that like there's stuff we could we're gonna nitpick at and be like didn't really understand this or didn't like that. But there's no one area of this game where it's like what the hell was the issue here? Like so, I don't feel like it's an ugly win just because they they like Terry McLaurin had a big play that you know put him back in, and then they had a, a another touchdown drive. It's like, well, we only because they had we had more turnovers than them. It's like, yeah, that's football. And we've gotten screwed by that in the past. This game we didn't have any turnovers, which we'll talk about with Jones. And we got turnovers. That's not ugly. That's 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 how you win a football game. So Yeah, and also the point that uh Research Rick, friend of the program, had, um, he just tweeted this out a little while ago. He said three of the Giants and he didn't say it, it's true. Three of the Giants turnovers that they forced either came within the final minute of the first half or the final two and a half minutes in the second half. So that's three turnovers that, you know, it's not basically saying, oh, Washington turned the ball over so many, so many times where the Giants had all these opportunities to then go and put points on the board. It was really only twice. And the, and the twice when Washington turned over the ball in the first half, the Giants actually put 10 points on the board. And that's partially why we got off to such a big lead eventually it was 20 to 3. So, I kind of thought it was, you know, a, a messy win, a bad win, you know, kind of at the end of it. Um and there's a few nitpicking points like I said that we have about big chunk plays that the defense allowed before today, the Giants allowed five plays of 30 plus yards on the defensive side of the ball. I'm pretty sure they allowed four or five 30-yard plays 
on the defensive side of the ball today, just today, compared to the first eight weeks of the season. Uh, Cam Sims had four catches in his career. Danny, <laughs> Danny took Cam game. Sims every time, and I'm like, this idiot. <laughs> Danny took Cam Sims and Alfred Morris in our fantasy draft, and it's like, oh, those are actually his best two picks. Yeah. yeah, and with the and with the Giants' offense, they only had three passing attempts of that went from that were ten plus air yards today. Jones did complete two of them. One of them was to Austin Mack. The other one was a touchdown. And I'm pretty sure the other one was a drop by Evan Ingram. So Jones went two for three with 66 yards and the touchdown with the Evan Ingram drop when targeting and throwing the ball for longer than 10 yards down the field. So, uh, you know, again, a little nitpicking point where my big thing with the offense is this offense is still being held back by the fact that they are not a big play, explosive play offense. And Washington got themselves back in this game because today they were a big play, explosive play offense. That's where the game really, really went awry. Right. Well, the, the issue is, is it's hard to see on TV where it's like, I don't know like what big plays they were passing up on. You know what I'm saying? For the Giants. Um, and, and we can get into Jones. Um, but he was getting the ball out. It seemed like fairly quickly on some plays. And there was plays where they did have the ball down. Like, like, like I always talk about, like going vertical doesn't mean throwing the ball deep. Whereas like they were going vertical and then the check down was open and you know, the right. check down turned into an eight and nine yard game. So it was kind of like taking what they gave us. Jones had an average time to throw of 2.48 seconds. So it was from start to finish. He was getting the ball in his hands out in his hands out. It wasn't just like a tail of two halves like it was last week. So that was good, you know, and we, we kind of wanted Jones to do a little bit more of this last year where just take what is in front of you. But also, not putting your team and not putting the football team in bad situations with forcing balls, just like he did last week with his multiple interceptions. He didn't. He he did fumble, but he recovered it. So this is Daniel Jones' second game of his NFL career. The first came actually in Washington last year, week fifteen, week sixteen, where he didn't cause a single turnover. So good for Daniel Jones. That's what we wanted to see today. Yeah, and big picture with Jones. Like we said, like Tampa was a low moment. It's like, okay, you got eight games the rest of the season. Let's see who you are. So I don't think like if you're if you're against Jones, I'm not expecting you to like change your opinion because of this game. But it was a it was a good solid game for Jones. He didn't light it up, but he it was a good game. You know, twenty three for thirty four, two hundred twelve yards, a touchdown, zero interceptions, zero turnovers, and then in the second half, eleven for twelve with sixty nine yards. So not a ton of yards, but he was completing the ball, and you know. He was perfect as far as passing because the only incompletion was an Evan Ingram drop, which would yep. have given if he doesn't drop that ball, the Giants have an extra three points minimum there. You know, we don't know what happens for the rest of the you know, if Graham Grinnell kicks a, a field goal like he's been doing all year, that's points right there. So he took some sacks, um, threw the ball away. Like wasn't that's it wasn't like scrambling and throwing the ball out of the end zone, but there was like three or four times where it was tight, like Shepard was tight and he just threw it at their feet in the ground, which was Yep. Good. Like, and there were, those weren't like throws that were like easy. Like, those were throws that in the past Jones would just force it in there, and it would end up being an interception or a ball tipped up. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I was happy. The touchdown was a beautiful throw to Ingram. Um, you know, he basically had another touchdown with Mac, and they ended up pounding in in the next play. So I was pleased with Jones in this game. It's not the most impressed I've ever been with Jones. Um, but after after last week, it was a very good bounce back. No, like with the context of last week, I thought it was a very good game for Jones. 
Yeah, and something that they said on the broadcast today, on the Fox broadcast, that Joe Judge was saying about Jones, you don't need to be the reason why we win a football game every single week. Now, granted, you want your quarterback to be the most valuable part of your team, your most valuable part of your franchise, and you want him to be the reason why you have sustainable success. But there's not every single week that Daniel Jones, you know, in his arm, that he needs to be the sole reason why we're winning football games. Um, and if the Giants are going to find ways to win a, as a football team, and if they're going to try and find ways to sustain wins together, um, it's nice to see that it is a team victory, and that is exactly what today was. So, Daniel Jones, you have seven games left. You know, the, I, I don't think the needle, like you said, Bobby, I don't think the needle has moved in any kind of particular way stemming off of last week. Maybe your needle has moved a little closer to being a little bit more pro-Jones because he didn't turn over the ball today. So, sure, the, if the if anything, the needle's moving more towards uh, we, we like Jones, we want to keep Jones, uh, but very slightly. You have seven games left, and you have a game next week that's not against the Washington Football Club. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, and like, I know that, you know, the whole, you know, five wins, four of which were Washington, but Washington did have the number one passing D, you know, yeah. like, like coming into this game. We'll, we'll get into some stuff as the with the O-line because I actually do want to talk about that sack where everyone was like, I can't believe it didn't fumble there because he got his ass lit up. Let's well, let's talk about that sack individually. Then we can talk about the O line. That was a great play call by Jack Del Rio. If I was a Washington fan, I would be breaking down that play. I really would. I mean, what they did is they lined up everybody at the line of scrimmage, like you know, in all out blitz. And doesn't just because they see that doesn't mean they're expecting the blitz. But it's like okay, like you got to be prepared for it. And what they did is on the right side where the better receivers were, where it was you know Shepard and Slayton, they. You know, played the man coverage, and they had guys playing at the first down marker, and then they have the two guys, the linebackers that were at the line of scrimmage, pop out and cover that underneath, and then like they bet, like, hey, this is going to be a one, like throw to the right kind of read, and they blitz the nickel corner. Um, I do want to see it from the rear end because it kind of looked like it could have been Dion Lewis's blitz pickup, but nonetheless, the nickel blitzes, um, and then they play man on the other side. So um, even if he does like like. That play, like, it, it, he was probably going to take a sack even if they did pick that up unless they just had time, time, time. But nonetheless, that was a, that was a really good play by Del Rio. Um, you know, that wasn't on the offensive. I, I, I'm actually going to send that clip around to see, like, who, who, was the, who was the issue on here? Did Nick Gates not set the protection correctly? Did Jones? Or was it just, like I said, Washington, call, like, calling up a good play? Um, Are you you're, – you're, ref- you're talking about the one where Jones – The last drive, third down. Okay. Okay, yeah, okay, got it. Yeah. Let's, yeah, just wanted to be One sure. where it's like, I One can't believe he didn't fumble that because he got lit up on that play. Right, right. Let's talk about the O-line, man. I feel freaking good about, especially Andrew Thomas and Matt Parrott, man. Andrew Thomas, two full games he put together really well. I mean, I talk. I don't use PFF's pressure metrics because I think they're just too liberal with it. You know, I use pro football reference. But when they say that neither of these guys give him pressure, that's pretty... That's pretty impressive. Um, Tom, and this is going to, you know, Chase Young, Chase Young was a nobody in this game. A nobody. And you'll look at the box score and say it had one sack. The one sack he had was on the ball that Jones fumbled and then he got on top of it. And then Tom, Chase Young just ran, you know, ran from the other side and like touched, like was the first person to touch him to make him down by contact. So Chase Young did zero. Outside of that, he had one tackle. And Andrew Thomas was handling him. When Parrott was going against him, he was Fleming. He, you know, uh, Fleming was like handled him. I mean, that was fun. Like, that was fun to watch those guys. I cannot wait to break it down. 
I mean, Parrot looked good. Thomas was, you know, moving guys in the run um, and and uh, doing – like he was just – he looked like himself. I was going through a few plays after the game. It wasn't like the perfect technique, but it, it looked like who Andrew Thomas was, who was like, hey, it doesn't always look the prettiest, but because of his athleticism and strength, he gets the job done. So that's – I mean, that's really encouraging. You know, for this guy who was – you know, people were, you know, throwing out the Eric Flowers. And I know that's that's that was premature no matter what. But that's how bad he was playing. Where people are like, I can't believe we did this again. To put together two games in a row is huge for his confidence. And it's I'm glad that this one is, is on a win. And, I mean, you got to really feel good. And if Matt Parrott can be the starting right tackle, I mean, damn. That changes the way you draft. You know, that changes yeah. the way... That changes the projection of this team going forward. If you have two rookie tackles who is like, we, these are our guys. These are our guys, man. So I'm very impressed with Andrew Thomas. And to clean up the one other sack where it was like Chase Young ran free and it was like the fake reverse, I went back and watched that. That was a screenplay. And you could go on my – I actually put it on Twitter if you want to go look at it. That was a screenplay. I mean, they covered the screen perfectly. Um, and it was just like – so, t- like, Jones just, instead of throwing an interception or doing something stupid, Jones just ate the sack. So, that sack uh, goes on nobody. That sack goes on Washington covering the screen. Play good. So, basically, long story short, man, is I am so happy to see Andrew Thomas and Matt Parrott out there playing well. Yeah, so, Washington only had two sacks today, right? That one, I they count the one where, where Jones fumbled it and got on top of it. And then that screenplay. And then, and then the DB blitzing. So then they had three sacks. But they may I, not I, have way, counted the screenplay as a sack. Yeah, in, in a way, that stupid flea flicker, I don't even count that. I, I do, because Shane Lemieux know. got beat bad on that play. Okay, all right, all right, then we'll count. So three. <laughs> I mean, but, but, you know, Bobby, for going up against such a talented interior defensive line crew that they have, plus the three-man rotation of... Ryan Kerrigan, Montez Sweat, and Chase Young. If Ryan Kerrigan is on the Giants, I guarantee he has like six, seven sacks. Oh, he'd be <laughs> you know, the best pass Pat- rusher. <laughs> we would be, we would be buying his jersey. We would be screaming his name. Um, but he's third on the depth chart for edge rushers and outside linebacker in Washington. So to have three sacks and for Andrew Thomas to take substantial steps forward, it's kind of nice to see. Bobby, what I kind of want to hear from you, and you know, I guess we this can be something that we continue to clean up on. Wednesday show, depending on what kind of mailbag questions we get. But there was a point in the game, I think particularly second, third quarter, where I'm thinking to myself, and you know me, I am a throw the ball guy. Throwing the ball is just so much more efficient. It's just so much more effective than running the ball. But I got to a point where Alfred Morris is averaging seven yards a carry and Wayne Gallman's averaging five yards a carry, and he's looking really good. And there there was one particular drive where Wayne Gallman was getting carries, and it just looked like he was about to break one. It, it, you know, just an ankle, a, a Washington safety or a linebacker grabbing his ankle away from breaking it. So I was very happy with the way that the Giants ran the ball today. It's just a shame that they're not an explosive play offense enough to just stretch them, to give them a little bit more to Put him in the red zone and to put and to have an opportunity to put seven points on the board. Yeah, our running, our offensive line creates holes in the run game, and like, like I said, Shane Lemieux, Shane Lemieux is not good at pass blocking. Um, and I, I'm not even like mad at him for that. Like I, I kind of expected that for his rookie season, but he's a good run blocker. And Thomas, Thomas moves guys. Like honestly, 
like I break down Wills, Becton, and Thomas um, every week. Now Becton has these great plays in the run game, but Thomas to me is clear cut a better run blocker than Wills. Um, now those guys have both been consistently better in the past game, so you know Thomas would have to put it more consistently to say to put those guys put, to pit him above them for their rookie season this season. But nonetheless, it's two good games. I mean, they move guys. Um, Parrot, I need the, like Parrot last game had pancakes. Gates moves got like that touchdown, one yard touchdown. I mean, Gates like moved somebody and made the hole. So, um, I mean, you, you got to feel good about it. And I will say, I said, hey, if Wayne Gallman has a good game and we win, I can become a Gallmanite. But I, I regret to inform you, Alfred Morris had 7.44 yards per carry. Wayne Gallman had yeah. 4.85. I cannot become a Gallmanite. After he didn't lead the team in yards per carry as a running back. And Alfred Morris did. I'm sorry, Gallmanites out there. But I can't do it. I can't do it. Second game in a row where Wayne Gallman gets a touchdown on an art. Well, the Austin Mack was down. Austin Mack was down. But second game in a row where Evan Ingram technically had the touchdown against Tampa Bay. Wayne Gallman gets the one-yard touchdown. And now Austin Mack was probably an inch away from scoring this week. Um, and Gallman gets the touchdown. But yeah, I... Don't mind having multiple running backs, getting carries, um, and being successful. It was kind of weird that Gallman was the one who was who was successful in between the tackles, and then Alfred Morris's big plays came on like these sweeps to the outside where he was stretching the field and running up the sideline, yeah. finding like going across the line of scrimmage and then putting his foot in the ground. Once he like hit the sideline and then there was holes and you know, I, I believe there were a couple that went to both sides actually. So very strange to see like the reversal of roles, but also there is an element to Alfred Morris being slow where it looks like he's being patient. <laughs> Sometimes it takes some, uh, it takes some time for plays to develop. Um, and I was looking on NFL next gen stats since Wayne Gallman did get more than 10 rushing attempts. Some of his metrics is listed on the website and what I did like from Wayne Gallman is that even though his rushing yards over expected numbers weren't really awesome, but I liked how he was one of the running backs in the National Football League from this past weekend that spent the least amount of time behind the line of scrimmage. That was nice. That when he got the ball, he was just going forward and he was tr- and he was charging forward. That was nice to see. And that's all really it's all we want out of a, a rushing game. We want four or five yards chunk plays. That's what we've been missing for the past. However many yeah, years. I mean, the the O line is is putting together holes and 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 making it possible for these guys. So, and Bobby, it's not. It's also not just happening against Dallas, right? You know, it happened last week against Tampa. Had over a hundred rushing yards. Had hundred and two rushing yards against Tampa last week when they've been averaging sixty six yards on the ground per game. And then this week against Washington, who they may be more known for having a good pass defense, but you can't deny the front seven that they have, particularly their defensive line. You can't deny it. So they're doing it against good yeah. football teams. Yeah, for sure. So that, that, I mean, that's been incredible. And O-line, what, like the whole like preseason, not having a preseason in camp, I thought that was just kind of like the bad teams use that as an excuse and the good, you know, where it's like, well, the good teams didn't get that either, you know? So it does impact the O-line the most. And I think you, we, yeah, we know the, that. The so. O-line takes time. And especially, like, and a lot of times, like, the tight ends have been the, t- the part that have been screwing up the offensive line and mm-hmm. the run game. Hey, Caden Smith was used a lot today, and Joe Judge talked about that after the game. Uh, I think they're not, I don't have Evan Ingram's snap share on, my, on the top of my head, but 
you are starting to get the feeling that they are using Caden Smith and Levine Toilolo a lot more on running downs than relying on Evan Ingram on making a block. And I think that's been obviously yeah. helping. Well, you mentioned tight ends. Evan Ingram, five catches for 48 yards and one touchdown on 10 targets, man. Like the touchdown was beautiful. It was a 10 targets? Yeah. 10? But there was a couple times where Jones was throwing <laughs> at their feet away, so you don't really remember those. Yeah. I think he even had a a, a misthrow to the sideline that was it was irrelevant, but it made me was like, oh, Jones throwing to the sideline. So there was also the, that. The too, touchdown, still, like, the touchdown like, oh. was beautiful, but his drops are so costly, man. I mean, that was so close to being an interception. Like that, sh- like in reality, that like should have been an interception. The the drop that he f- pops it up, and then the like the other one, like I said, he was eleven. Jones was eleven for twelve in the second half, and that drop took points off the board for the Giants. Like that, he catches that ball. They're in field goal range, and they end up punting on on that drive. Now they should have went for it on that drive on fourth down, anyways. But man, like he's in his own. He's got to be in his own head. Like I know we hate him, but I I do feel for the guy because it's not like he's not working hard or it's a work ethic. It's like he just drops the ball and he pop. And not only did that, when he does drop it, he pops it up in the air and it turns into interceptions. Like it's, <laughs> I don't know what to think, dude. It's just. It's frustrating, and you know the rumors. You know that came out today that they were there was trade offers and they turned them down. I mean, it's um, it's brutal, man, and it's an issue. It's like it's a serious issue where it's like, like I wasn't yeah. even mad like on the, when because I thought it was an interception at first, Justin. I wasn't even mad. Yeah, the the tipped the tipped ball one, not the drop at the end of the game, but there was a tipped. I was like, ball I'm not even mad. Half, I was like, yeah. I was like, this is just who we are. This is comical to me. I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm not frustrated. This is who he is. Um, so I mean, it's just, it's brutal, dude. Yeah, I'm happy to see that they're no longer force feeding him the ball, but it's also even more concerning that even when they're not force feeding him the ball from like the natural tight end spot, that he's still doing some of the same things that he did even when they were force-feeding him the ball, and that wasn't necessarily, like, his style and his role. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's there's not much more to say. I wrote, I wrote the my, – my article that I wrote became a lot more relevant about how the Giants need to reduce the snaps of Evan Ingram. That became a lot more relevant. Do you have something on your phone? Is Did something well, happen? You have, Do you I have, have like, news to break? about um, um, Evan Ingram. Hold on. Oh, yeah? One Here more thing. Is. Not good, not happy. You don't see that too often. Evan Ingram dropping a oh. easy pass. Daniel Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. What are you talking about, Johnson Velma? It's like we lose games like every week that way. What are you talking about, John? I thought that was funny. Velma's like, you don't see that that often. It's like, dude, are you just a, are you a liar? Are you really that much of a liar, Jonathan Velma? Um, I mean, that was like Clearly didn't stay up for Thursday night football. He should have just asked, like, when he's doing his prep, like, hey, ask, like, one beat reporter, like, what's going on with Ingram this year? You don't see that happen. <laughs> Come on, Jonathan Vilma. Oh, man, that's fun. Uh, can, we, can we move to wide receivers? Because then I have one more thing about the offense after we talk about wide receivers. And then, then we'll obviously it. get to defense. Um, Here's my thing. I don't even want to cut Golden Tate because what's the point? I want him benched for the entire year so he has to watch and he has to realize just how, excuse my language, shitty he is. 
I want Austin Mack on the outside. I want Darius Slayton on the outside. First of all, where was Darius Slayton today? Um, want Darius Slayton on the outside and Sterling Shepard in the slot. It's almost like Sterling Shepard, because of how he creates separation, should have always been the slot wide receiver because that makes sense. I'm done. Austin Mack looked good today. He did, but that doesn't mean Austin Mack is going to be like great going forward. He, I mean, he had four catches for 72 yards. Hey, hey, number one pass defense in the NFL, Bobby. Um, you're like la- you're like people last week when they said Shane Lemieux was the reason Andrew Thomas played well. Um, yeah, semantics. It's all about it's all about optics. All about semantics. All how I can change the narrative to fit my point. That's what honestly, yeah, is. I love it. Uh, they should play a Golden State <laughs> on the outside. Shepard belongs in the slot. Uh, it's a more it's a comfort. It's like a uh, it's more of a like a uh, a comfort blanket. What is the word I'm I'm phrase I'm trying to use? Security blanket for Jones when he's in the slot. Mm. I mean, like Shepard needs to be in the slots still. And Tate, I'm not. I don't hate Tate like a lot of people other are. Like I think, like hey, he acted like a, like a jerk for a few days. Get together, get right. Like he, ha- it's not like he. But let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Who would you rather see, like moving forward? Would you rather see what Austin Mack has? For the second half of the season, you know, now we have uh, we have seven games left. Would you rather see what Austin Mack has as an outside wide receiver, because that's where he kind of fits, or would you rather see Golden Tate, who has seven games left of his time in New York Blue, put him at outside wide receiver when that's not even his preferred spot to begin with? What would you rather see? I mean, I also, as much as Austin Mack had a good game today, he had one catch for one yard the last three weeks. So that's my thing. Um, Tate is better than Austin Mack. I mean, that's to me that's sh- as an outside wide receiver. I mean, that's basically the way ever, uh, Colton Tate has been used this year. This is as an outside wide receiver playing in the slot. I mean, that's how he's used vertically on these wheels and and, and like slants and like it's the stuff Which he makes does. No sense. There's no reason for him to not be able to do that stuff on the outside. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not gonna be mad if they use him more, but I, I don't like hate Golden Tate for this past week. Like on like we said before this game, I, what his wife did was worse than anything Tate did. Like the Thurman, like I that was one game he hasn't had that like bad body language his whole career as a giant. Um, so like I said, I'm fine. Like I'm I'm fine with the Joe Judge like decision to like suspend him for this game. Like I'm not mad about that. But I also I also I'm understand thrilled. like like it wasn't like the worst thing in the world, and it's not like he's a huge repeat offender. Hey, guess what? You want to know? You want to know Austin Mack's average separation mm-hmm. today? Three point seven four yards, and they're not just tracking these guys on when they're targeted. They're not just tracking these guys when they're targeted. They're tracking these guys on all plays. And Austin Mack's average separation was three point seven four yards. I don't know if Golden Tate has ever gotten an average separation of three point seven four yards in his life. This includes high school and pop Warner. Yeah, well, Austin Mack's playing on the outside. How about that? Um, I think you're wrong, and I think I'm right, and I think that's why you're you're shutting down. No, I just don't. We argued about Golden Tate on Friday. I really don't feel like after a win when he didn't play. So hopefully, Golden Tate comes back and makes an impact, and Austin Mack makes an impact. How about that? Because after these last three weeks, I was like, hey, let's move on from Mack and play Victor or Dylan or somebody. Um, hell no, you hater. So Austin Mack. He attack. All right. Uh, any, I mean, anything else on the offense? Yes, I have two big things. But uh, I'm 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 happy 
I'm very excited we won, but I'm also very bothered by this. There were two fourth down. There were two fourth downs where the Giants should have gone for it. They were on the plus side of the fifty yard line. They were driving, and it was fourth and three, fourth and twos, and they decided to kick field. I believe one was kick field goal, one was punt, um, and the, especially the punt was more egregious. Um, the punt was more egregious because what they kicked the ball twenty two yards, and you blinked, and Washington was. Um, on the plus side of the Giants' 50-yard line, a couple plays into their drive anyway. Yeah, that was a Terry um, McLaurin touchdown. So, yeah, that was the Terry. Well, that was a huge play then. So it, it you, you literally blinked. Uh, not even that wasn't even a stretch of a metaphor. And then the final thing that I'm gonna say that I well, let's stay on that for a second. I disagree with the field goal because you know this all like I like the field goal, but I I fully agree punting the ball 25 yards. I, I just doesn't I mean what's like you said, what's the point of that, you know? Um so yeah, yeah. I, I disagree with you on I or I, I I agree with the field goal punting for twenty five yards doesn't make sense to me. You're you're winning and you're winning big and the main problem of this football team in two thousand twenty has been holding leads. Bobby, how many times within the last few weeks have be have we been winning by double digits? We're, this is now becoming a trend where the Giants are winning, we're winning by double digits, and then we are giving up leads, and that is a bad thing. So why not coach, and I'm going to say this again, it's been a few weeks since I've said it, coach to win and not coaching to not lose. Now you I could agree. say, oh, but they don't trust Daniel Jones. They don't trust Daniel Jones to do this. They don't trust Daniel Jones to do that. Isn't part of what we're doing in 2020 to see if Daniel Jones is yeah. the answer. So this even goes to this point of having two timeouts left at the end of the first half. The Giants are up 20 to 3. The Giants are up. And you're feeling really good. But Bobby, there's 50 seconds left on the clock. Giants just get the ball back. There's two timeouts left. And what do we do? You know, I, I get maybe running the little, I think we Evan Ingram ran like a little out route and Daniel Jones overthrew him. Um, uh, fine. You know, that's a first down play call. Maybe you just want to get a few yards to get the drive going, but then a draw to Deion Lewis and then taking a knee or, you know, to, to expire the clock. What are we doing? You know, this is the national football league that is predicated. It's an offensive league. It's predicated on scoring points, explosive plays, throwing the ball. And what did we do with the 20 to three lead when we have historically been a team that has blown leads? We were cowards. We were cowards, and we just took a knee and went to the locker room. I, I wasn't mad at that. I mean, there's 40 seconds left. They did throw the ball on first down. They ran the ball on second down to see if they can get any yardage. And then it's third and 10, and they kneeled. Like, I, I wasn't mad at that. Yeah, well, third, third and 10, Washington call, called their final timeout on that second and 10 after Deion Lewis ran the ball. So, in a way, you have a third, third and ten opportunity, and there was 40 seconds left. So, the incompletion on first down and the Deion Lewis run took away about 10 seconds off the clock. He had 40 seconds left, third and ten, with two timeouts left. And you weren't even buried in your own in your own red zone. You, you had a substantial shot to at least get into field goal range. So, in the end, it kind of did come back to bite him in the ass because the Giants trusting their defense— and this is exactly what I guarantee a Joe Judge will say after the game. I hope somebody asked him about that. I don't think anybody did. I watched most of the press conference. I hope maybe they ask him about this on Wednesday or whenever the next time they talk to the media. But the Gi Joe Judge has said before in 
defense of why punt, why not go for it. He said, well, I trust the defense here. Well, trusting the defense in a passing league, I think that's just bad business. I, I think it's bad news. Be aggressive, coach to win. Don't coach to not lose. Well, let's talk about the defense. Their big issue was stopping people at the end of halves. Bam, turnover, turnover, turnover. So, I mean, that's what we've been expecting, asking the defense to do, and they did it. So I'm happy with that. You know, the Blake Martinez, Jabril Peppers, Logan Ryan, those are the guys supposed to make plays. They did. Um, Jabril Peppers, man, I really, it really bothers me when people hate on him. It really does because he's a playmaker. And he's a good player, and after the first two weeks, it's like you didn't hear his name, but it was really like, hey, he's kind of just playing, like doing his job. But these last few weeks have shown he's the playmaker. He is good in coverage. I don't care what anybody says. Jabril Peppers is good in coverage, and he's good in man coverage versus tight ends. I mean, he had a big yeah. stop on a third down. His, we had the one bad play where he was aggressive when uh, when Smith pump faked into the shallow, and then they had Cam Sims on the sideline, but. Like, I, I can live with that if you're an aggressive player making plays. I mean, he should have had a sack. Um, they called a penalty on the Kyle yeah. Allen injury, which I didn't agree with that. But nonetheless, has the interception. I mean, he almost had another sack. He is a playmaker for the Giants defense. And it just bothers me when people hate on Jabril Peppers because he is a playmaker. He's brought in to make plays. Like, they bring him down in the linebacker. They don't give him a gap responsibility a lot of times. Like, a lot of times it's just like, hey, in the run game, come up, make plays. In the pass game, like you have your flats, but play aggressive, play with your instincts. And I feel like he does an awesome job with it. Like to me, he's a lot better than Landon Collins. I know people like, and I'm not, like, Landon Collins had his issues, but he did like was a playmaker. To, to, for me, and I don't know why I brought up Landon Collins in this, I just think he's a like he's a better all around player. Like he is good in coverage. He's Jabril more versatile. Peppers is a good player in, in, in coverage. Yeah, he's more versatile. I mean, that's what I think it, it comes down to with Collins. The the second and ten to open up the game um yesterday, where he had a, a big I mean, Logan I think Logan Thomas initially caught the ball, but it was a nice play on the ball to swipe it out of uh, Thomas's uh, breadbasket there. It forced an incompletion. The play before Jabril Peppers actually caught his interception. He had another pass deflection that was on a very similar play over the middle of the field. And then the next play, I believe it was a third down, Jabril Peppers comes up with the interception, one of the two game-winning interceptions. I'm calling them two. The Giants had two game-winning interceptions this <laughs> this game because uh, especially when Jabril's won, Washington was really driving down the field. So that was really cool to see. Yeah, uh, the main thing that we said about really this Giants team, but most notably the Giants defense, because it's not like... You know, the Giants offense, they have they have a quarterback, right? And the quarterback is the most valuable position in all of sports. But Giants defense, what what we were really looking for is individual effort and a player to make individual plays and to be a playmaker outside of what a defensive coordinator can scheme up. That's what we were really looking for this year. And, you know, this is on, you know, whole Dave Gettleman's batting average, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Blake Martinez, Leonard Williams, Jabril Peppers, Logan Ryan, four guys that were studs. And, Bra and, you know, Brad, the fact that, you know, you don't even hear Bradbury's name, you know, McLaurin, the plays that McLaurin, I feel, had big plays. Um, feel like he wasn't, uh, Bradbury wasn't even covering McLaurin, which no. is, which is. McLaurin's a beast, dude. I know every time yeah. we play Washington, I say it. That guy's on another team and the whole league is talking about him. And I, like, said this last year because, you know, like, Slayton had a really good rookie year. He had more touchdowns and then, like, 
there was like, oh, how can you say Slayton's like or McLaurin's better than Slayton? But I, I mean, from last year, I thought McLaurin was better than Slayton. And I think not by a lot, but I think it's like for me, it's clear. Um, and Slayton only had one catch, six yards today, but you know the rest of the offense worked well. Um, so, and I, 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 I'm excited to see the all twenty-two because I think they were shading um, Slayton a little bit. But anyways, the point I'm making is McLaurin's a beast, dude. Like they've yeah. got like that guy is really good, and I just. I don't hope. I hope he has success somewhere else other than Washington. Is what yeah. I'm saying. Well, if he stays in Washington, he's going to be a problem. Peppers, like we said, played really, really well. Playmaker, individual effort, absolutely awesome. The last couple weeks, he's been stringing together really good games too. Um, can we go to Logan Ryan? Uh, the the story that came out this week um, with his family. He had, uh, like his wife flew down to Florida so she could vote down in Florida, but then. She had really had bad stomach pains, and she needed to get emergency surgery. But then Logan Ryan and his wife—they were communicating. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do. They were in separate states. And then it turns out that Logan Ryan actually called the Giants trainer, and the Giants trainer said, "Hey, your wife should go to the hospital." So then there was that communication on that end. And I think they might have called like late at night. It turns out that the wife is okay. His wife Ashley and daughter Avery. Everybody's fine. Um, and Logan Ryan had an awesome, awesome game. And again, that's another guy that's been stringing together really good games. It games like today, Bobby, especially seeing you know how touched a lot of people were about that Logan Ryan story this week, and then seeing how it comes full circle today, and it came in a win, and his interception came in such a pivotal moment. It's like, oh, you know, this is why we like the Giants. And sure, you can call it cheesy and call it corny. This is why we bleed blue. This is why we love the Giants. This is the Giants being that stand-up class organization that we heard about in 2007 and 2011, except, you know, you hear about those things when you're winning. You don't like to talk about those things when you're losing. That was such, like, an awesome moment today. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. Happy for him. Um, How about another guy? Uh, My guy, Leonard Williams. I said going into the season, said, cool. You get pressures. Cool. You stop and run. You got to get there and make sacks happen. And my man has made sacks happen. He's on pace for like nine sacks this year. Um, he's going to get over 10. Five and nine games. I mean, he's just a sack machine. He attack and he sack. I want to find a, uh, I want to find a tweet that I had, um, that I had from over the summer. I want to find it. But the sack that Leonard Williams did have today, it was on a double team. He was practically getting held, he was by, being both, held. <laughs> by both by both of the players that um wow. Well this was this was a bold oh no this oh no I'm sorry that was not the uh that was not the bold take. What was it? What was my take from Overstone? But he was being double teamed. Um I'm really trying to find it. I'm really trying to find it. I'm feeling wild and I want all of you to receipt keepers to bookmark this one. Leonard Williams will become a player that is well liked in twenty twenty because of his good play. If I'm wrong, give me all the smoke. I'm pretty sure I also had a sack projection at one point too, but that was that was my that was my take. Where you still have some negative Nancys that are like, we recognize that Leonard Williams is playing well, but we still don't like the trade. Blah blah blah. Shut up. Shut your face. <laughs> shut, shut, shut your face. Shut your face. I don't want to hear it at this point. That was like over a year ago. Um, Leonard Williams is becoming a football player that is becoming well liked because he is playing well. 
That was my big take from the year. I knew that he was going to get sacks this year because he got the pressures, because he got the QB hits last year. And most of the time, success like that, even if it doesn't result in sacks one year, it most likely will result in sacks in another year. So, um, Justin, though, the really the issue is you trade for him, then he gets all the leverage, and now he's going to get a big like we're might have to let him go because it's a big contract. Which I don't. So that's care. why the I trade is a mistake, Justin. Keep trade him. Is a mistake. Keep him. Keep. I mean, if Bobby, if he finds a way to get. 10 sacks or more this year, because he is on pace to do that. If he finds a way to get 10 sacks or more this year, I'm sorry. You need to keep him. Nah. <laughs> nah. Sacks are just, random, dude. Don't you know that? Just let another 10-sack player go. You know, like we, we waited how many months to get Marcus Justin, Golden back. you should know out of all away. people, sacks are random. Sacks don't matter. <sighs> Not exactly. <laughs> No, I'm show, show me show me another guy on the Giants, and I know you're being sarcastic, but there are people that do say this. Show me another guy on the Giants right now, especially in the interior part of the defensive line, that's doing the same thing that things that he's doing. Show me, show me 10 other players in the NFL right now that are doing the same things that Leonard Williams is doing from the interior part of the defensive line. Dalvin Thompson, Mr. Pass Deflection. Not exactly the but same thing. Do you do see this is what I was saying though? Like Going into this year when me and you were arguing about Leonard Williams, I was like, I'm not saying Leonard Williams is a bad player. I think he's a good player. But he has to get to the quarterback. He has to he can't just have QB hurries and hits. I get it was a it was a random year. Like him only having one sack year last year was random. You look at his other seasons, he got sack production. But he's getting there this year and it's and it's and it's awesome. You know, it's it's good to see. Yeah. He's getting it done. And um, I knew and I knew he would. I told you all he would. So that's that's good stuff on the D. Um, one, one big picture thing with the defense. Um, this was their bugaboo today. The big allowing the big play was their bugaboo today. Heading into this game. They only allowed five plays of 30 yards through eight weeks, which is awesome. I mean, the giants defense in 2019, pretty sure they allowed a five 30 yard pass plays to the Dallas Cowboys in the first quarter last year, week one of 2019. Um, that's pretty darn good by, by Patrick Graham. You know, even if defense, even if opposing offenses are chipping away, chipping away, chipping away drives, it would be the bend, but don't break mentality. There is nothing worse on the, on the defense side of the ball than allowing a big explosive play to an offense. Uh, I, it, it jumpstarts a drive. It, it gets you on the other side of the 50 yard line and doing all that. It just makes things a whole lot easier, um, for an opposing offense, but the giants today, they allowed Four or five. Probably, I think it may be a stretch of five, but I, it, three three to five 30-plus yard plays today. Cam and that, Sims had that two hurt. big ones, the Terry McLaurin one. I think there might there might have been one more, so not five. Three or four. Yeah, I can't remember. But anyways, yeah. That's uh, where they went awry today. Yeah, man. Patrick Graham is a good defense coordinator. This is, this is a good defense. The Giants have a good defense. It's not perfect, but it's a good defense. And what the expectations were going into this year, man, it's been refreshing. Um, can we string together some wins here, man? Can we be back in this freaking division? That's the biggest test. This, uh, you know, and sometimes we say it every single time the Giants, not every single time the Giants win, but uh, I, I guess almost after every single game where even if they play it close in one loss, you're you're looking at next week and saying, okay, is this the week to kind of do it? This really is. This this game really is. If you can at home against Philadelphia, I know there is a curse that is on the Giants when they're playing in Philadelphia. Um, Vegas just opened up the Giants as three-point underdogs 
to the Eagles at home. Um, so I think that's even a little too much. I guess they're really they're really um, respecting the fact that the Eagles um, they're coming off the bye week. Bobby, did you see this stat today? And I'm gonna see if I can find that Chase it really Young quick. sucks. No, no, good good one. Um, I'm gonna see if I, I can find it stat. really quick. Giants played Monday night. Washington had a bye week last week. Now this has to be a very particular like circumstance where there was a team that was playing Monday night and then the Washington was coming off their bye week. But team with short rest has won eight of their last nine games. So just because the team is coming off their bye week doesn't necessarily mean, oh, you know, they're all rested or they're all ready to go and they're going to play their best football. No, sometimes a team that's that's rolling and they have momentum, which, yes, I do believe momentum is a thing, even though I like analytics. Sometimes team with team with momentum is not a bad thing. So let's see it. Come on. I'm begging for it. Can we read some dumb tweets? Yeah, do you have some? Hold on. Grant Paulson had one. Did you see the Grant Paulson tweet? Zach Rosenblatt had a tweet today that I said, I almost said a bad word to him. Um, it was in reference to the Giants possibly blowing the lead when they had a 20-3 to lead, which they did. But I almost said a bad word to him today. But then he said the great Justin Pennick. Um about Evan Ingram dropping the ball and turning it over. So I was like, oh, that makes up for it. Grant Paulson said, Golden Tate isn't even making the trip to Washington with the Giants because he is at odds with his head coach. It's nice that Washington football has a bunch of guys all moving in the same direction right now. That matters. What an idiot. <laughs> I know. It's like, dude, you guys remember what happened to your first round QB earlier this year? Oh, yeah. Forgot about him. He exists. <laughs> let's see if we can get some stuff. Let's, let's Let me reply. George I, moves are either going to torch the locker room or set the culture. Unfortunately, I don't think he's good enough X and those guys to make moves like this work. I'm just going to respond. Okay. I almost vomited at Kyle Allen's leg today. I know it wasn't like that bad, but it was it was bad. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's find one. People were getting at going after his neck. I loved it. Good. What he doesn't know that Golden Tate's going to be benched for the rest of the season. That's for what he a team know. that's two and five, it feels like we're much better. I'm going to reply. You're not. <laughs> how about you? How do you like that? How do you guys like that? Any other dumb tweets we can go at? We let's see. We're at the 46 minute mark. I got to find one more dumb tweet. One more dumb tweet. Come there's on. a there's JPP jokes happening right now. I did. I said that's classless, classless jokes. Can't if believe Jason Pierre Paul has ten fingers. That's six points for Tampa. Eric Eager at PFF. Eric, another guy who freaking talked all that, talked that talk and didn't do nothing. Guarantee you, all you people making fun of JPP with not having ten fingers, he beat the shit out of you. Guarantee you. <laughs> I don't know. Guarantee I think you. I could take JPP. Well, not not you. You are you are you are no, a mammoth of a human being. <laughs> I know, but I, I I couldn't take JPP. I'm just kidding. You're also a guy that I can if when you get in like fight mode, like I'm about to fight someone. I also haven't you, been in a fight in like seven years, so like no, it could I'm all not, be in my mind of like you know seven years ago, and then it's like twenty eight year old me gets in. I'm like tired after five seconds, you know. No, I think the fact that it <laughs> has been seven years that you have so much pent up aggression in you that. 
if you had the opportunity to go at it with JPP, why are we saying JPP in this instance? But no, you're really mad at him for what he stop. What he stop did the madness! Week. I cannot be JPP in a fight. No, but it's seven years of pent up aggression, and you haven't gotten to, into a fight since then. I, I think you would you would maybe make it like tense. There would be ten seconds that would go by that would be like, oh, he's got a shot here, and then after that, you get tired, and it would just be bad. One day, I'm gonna <laughs> be on like a, a famous Twitter video about getting in a fight and. and in a public place, because my issue is I hate when people act a fool in public and like berate somebody. Like I was in a place a, like a month ago, and this woman had parked in a handicap spot. Not supposed to do it, but it is what it is. Some guy walks in there and gets right, by, like, excuse me, excuse me, you just, you just, hey, you just parked in the in the handicap parking place, and she's just like ignoring this guy berating her. And I'm like, don't say anything, Bobby. Don't say anything, Bobby. And then finally, like, she's like, sorry. Like, okay. Or like, okay. She, no, she didn't say, she didn't say sorry. She said, okay. She's like, you're not even going to say sorry. <laughs> and then finally I was like, dude, we're in the middle of a little Caesars. Like, chill out. <laughs> and, and he looked at me and he was like, all she had to do was say sorry. I was like, no, she wouldn't. Your crazy ass would have still been going off. If she said sorry. And then he walked out. But I was like. I was like, dude, you're not going to berate this woman in the middle of, of uh, and then once I, two years ago, I was at Walmart and the same thing, the self-checkout's not working. This guy's all mad. Like he's getting mad and he was takes it his the stuff. Same guy? Was no, it the different, same guy? Different oh, guy. Different takes guy. his okay. stuff and just throws it at the, at the lady's feet <laughs> and curses at her. And I was like, why are you? I was like, and I was like, dude, don't be an asshole. Like gee, they, there's nothing they're doing to do it. And then he's F you, F you. And then, um, and then I did shove him. Just to be like, because I didn't want to fight in a Walmart. All right, we, I shouldn't be sharing all that, this on the th- podcast. Those were two. Those were two of one of the best punchlines I've ever heard. You just said it. I didn't want to fight in a Walmart. And then two was, dude, we're in the middle of a Little Caesars. <laughs> that, was, that was some of the funniest things. I've My heard. issue is I just hate people. I cannot stand people berating people, and 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 I and especially women. Like I really, that really does bother me. Um. I have something. I just got a tweet from friend of the program. Okay. Joe McManus, who does very good, nice little designs. Yes, McManus designs. Go follow them. He said, at Justin Panic, when you said you wanted the Giants to be playing meaningful games in November, is this what you had in mind? That's a good tweet. That's a good tweet by <laughs> our guy, McManus tweet. Designs. Yes, this is exactly what I had in mind, being two and seven <laughs> and being kind of two and a half games out of first place in the NFC East. Yes, this is exactly what I had in mind. <laughs> That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Uh, I mean, any more? Let's let's get let's get let's find one more dumb tweet. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Let's see if NYG Daily had one. He's pretty good. He's pretty good at delivering on those. How are we? How are we listing Dave Gettleman's record? Like or or the no? This week it's not listing Dave Gettleman's record as Giants GM. It's listing. The Giants record versus Washington versus everyone else. Exactly. I can't stand that. I really can't. It's like, we know. Can you give any... And I, I, I love NYG Daily. What are we supposed I, to do? I, I not like beat him. them? I, I, I like him. You know, he just followed me. He doesn't follow a lot of people. I really appreciate it. Bobby doesn't follow you. Screw you. Um, he pretends but, he doesn't know me. His name is Bobby Skinner? Shut up, dude. Can Anyways, we, I don't hate them. Can, no, I, 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 I really like him. I like him and Ethan. They do a good job, but... Can we think of different ways to analyze the Giants <laughs> than just listing records? Can can we can we do something? 
different. Like, this is really a challenge. It's not even like uh, me being an asshole. Excuse me, me being a jerk. It's just, can we, let's let's challenge ourselves to be better than listening records. Are you let's saying you that. think Dave Gettleman should stay? No, that's not what I'm saying. I, I don't I, know. It kind of sounds like it. No, let's. I'm. Cha- how about this? I will challenge myself to to show and talk about different reasons why Dave Gettleman should not stay. But I'm not doing that this week because we're going to come back in the NFC East and we're going to win everything. The chat is making a lot of Florida man jokes right now. Oh, I love it. Patreon.com backslash Talking Giants. I love Florida, by the way. People who make fun of Florida, I love it. You changed your bio. I did. I did. It was originally. Eli Manning called me unique, and now it's. I just I thought live that was Florida. too corny of a joke, you know. Yeah, it's it's getting old. Uh, um, I mean, if this season goes rough, I may have to change my profile picture and my pin tweet. Yikes! Which my whole thing was like, hey, I'm not going to change my pin tweet until Daniel Jones wins the Super Bowl. <laughs> we'll see. Rough. We'll see. I rough. Still, I still think that's a, a possibility. Um. Yeah, a lot of Florida. I like Florida. I feel like Florida is the most diverse melting pot in the nation. And that's why I like it. You have crazy people. You have normal people. You got every type of area. And you got the beach. You got the beach. That's the most important part. Should we end this stupid podcast? Yeah. Um, we will have a mailbag episode on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Then we will be previewing the Philadelphia Eagles game on Friday. Mm-hmm. And we're going to win and we're going to have a great time. I'm going to break in, by the way. Um, I'm going to go to the Giants game versus the Eagles. But if that does not work, I am really, really considering going to the December 27th game versus the Baltimore Ravens. Since, number one, we're going to beat them. Number two, that game is going to be relevant because we're going to be in the playoff hunt. And number three, I have not missed a Giants game since 2006. I've gone to at least one Giants game. Since the year 2006, and that streak cannot be broken this year. Do it. I'm going to try and get up there in December somehow. I don't know. Corona's starting to get a little crazier again. I don't know. It is. It is. Oh, well. How about Notre Dame? I didn't watch. I was smoking a cigar Saturday night. I was having a good time. That's not good for your health. Why do you smoke cigars? Ah. Ah. Smoking's bad. Giants are worse for my health. Smoking's bad. See you Wednesday. I don't know. Maybe I want to keep this podcast going. No, no, I want no, to find no. one more tweet. One more tweet. One more tweet. No, I want to watch Sunday Night Football. I do too. That's why we need to find one more tweet. We need to hurry up. Maybe we can work together on this. All right. All right. All okay. Right, all right. Jay's, Matt Lombardo showed up in my timeline. Let's find a Matt Lombardo tweet. Ah, I didn't even hear him today after the game. He's kind of a nobody now that he's with. Um, now that he's a <laughs> wow. blogger. Sheesh. Um, this is tough. This is bad radio. Let's see. Let's see. Nobody's tweeting about the Giants. They just won. It's over. Yeah. Do we have any? Do we have any? Um, Shane Lemieux takes over Will Hernandez. No, stop it. Stop no, it. No, oh, no. I'm asking. Have we seen any? No, but people should not say that. They just shouldn't. Like Will Hernandez is a huge upgrade in the past game over Shane Lemieux. Marcus Golden got a sack. Been good in the run game this year too, huh? Marcus Golden got a sack. I know, freaking Marcus Golden, my guy. Alex Trebek died. Oh, that's that's sad. Yep. That's sad. Oh, I, I mean, Matt Lombardo did have a dumb Jason Pierre-Paul tweet. Yeah, but I mean, kind of everybody did. 
Yeah. All these people making these jokes, and they're the same people saying it'll disgrace me to toast a picture of fireworks. Wait, wait. One of the one of the things that we didn't talk about. Washington's fumble that they had on their first drive. Bite the ball. That was hilarious. Dummies. Nobody could fall on the ball. That was hilarious. Dummies. How about this? Let me let's finish it off with this. Jimmy Johnson. I became a fan when he was a rookie. When he was a rookie. My mom thought I was weird. Like, why do you like this random guy? You know, my I was, you know, my uncle Mike Skinner, who drove the lowest 31 car. He left RCR. Wait. Jimmy. He's your uncle? No. But you want to hear a funny story? Because we did, like, my, we grew up at the racetrack. My dad was a racer. My dad and his son entered the race at, in the, into the same race, and they both had the number 50. So, that, like, before the race started, they were like, all right, they, the Skinners need to come down to the, you know, the front office to, you know, sort out whatever's going on. Um, and then, we, I mean, I've talked, I've actually interviewed Mike Skinner. Um, like, there was a, a wreck out. Like, we sat there and talked with Mike Skinner for, like, 30 minutes, like, so he's a cool dude. But anyways, I just became a Jimmy Johnson fan. The guy turned into a seven-time champion last race today. So that got me a little emotional. Go, Jimmy Johnson. One one final. And this is Jimmy time. Johnson, the NASCAR driver, not Jimmy Johnson, yes. the football coach. Okay. Yep. Just to clarify, if you, if you didn't know at home. Yep. I do think he went off a little early, but I guess he kind of – he went. He decided to go off on top. He didn't win last year. didn't win this year. So he didn't want to have like a, you know, five years of – going downhill so i respect him for going out on top yeah a lot of these racers like i I think junior is setting a precedent like junior kind of retired kind of early but he had like concussion issues so i think these guys what was that well before it used to be these guys went forever you know what i'm saying like dale went forever martin rusty wallace like they all just went forever and ever and then i think now guys are like are just kind of getting out a little younger you know yeah, Gordon Gordon's back was screwed up. Um, Tony Stewart's leg was screwed up because Even he was those also... guys kind of stopped young too, you know. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, th- I think there's a precedent of getting out of the sport sooner rather than later. Um, talking NASCAR, I'm excited for. And they still race and stuff like that. You know, they hit the dirt track like those. Yeah, you know, that that's where they have more fun is out there on the dirt tracks and stuff. Yeah, I think Johnson like Johnson's actually going to go Indy Indy full time. Yeah, he's going to be racing the road courses, which. I'll definitely be interested in watching, but I did want to like see him like run like the 500 and stuff. Um, so, but I'll definitely be tuning in for that, you know? Yeah. Talking NASCAR. Yeah. All right. That's the show. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back on Wednesday with a mailbag cleanup episode. Um, leave a voicemail, all that good stuff. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you guys on Wednesday, Wednesday until then let's go big blue.